Barbarians of Rome, the European Mesolithic period. Now, last time we did the Paleolithic, and we're in Northern Europe. We're in Europe. We're looking at the Ice Ages, and we're still messing with ice at this particular point. But now it's time to get into what is called the Middle Stone Age, or Mesolithic has been divided into three cultural periods. Period 1 corresponds to the finaglacial of the geologists from about 8300 to 6800 BCE. The earliest part was the Yoldea sea phase of the Baltic, which was then a saltwater body. Sweden and Norway formed a huge island, the rapidly melting ice raising the level of the surrounding waters to such an extent that the waters of the Arctic Ocean and the North Atlantic and the Baltic mixed. The temperature was gradually rising. The forest, which was made up of birch, pine, and willow, was encroaching on the tundra and the steppe. The climate is called pre-boreal. The lemming had disappeared. Peat bogs, or moor logs, were being formed, and it is by the analysis of the pollen preserved in these bogs that the nature of the flora has been determined. The second part of this period was the Aeschylus lake phase, but this extends also into period 2. It lasted for about a thousand years, from 7800 to 6800 BCE. The land, relieved of the tremendous weight of ice, rose and shut off communications with both the Arctic and the North Sea. The Baltic Sea now becomes a freshwater body. In the North Sea, there was increasing transgression by the water on the low-lying lands between Jutland and England, especially in the neighborhood of the Frisian Islands and the Dogger Bank. The temperature was boreal continental, that is, warm and dry. The forests were birch, pine, elder, hazel, oak, elm, and lime, the last three constituting what is called the oak-mixed forest. Earliest instances of the domesticated dog in northern Europe have been recorded, and recently, actually, they have found a burial of a, a dog from this period that was buried with a toy of some sort. Now, the average July temperatures had been estimated at 55 degrees Fahrenheit at the end of period one rising to 60 to 65 degrees at the end of period two. Now we're starting to see temperatures rise into the magic zone for farming. Typical cultural stations of period one are Arendisburg, Rouchons, and Langby. Of period two, Maglamos. Some influence of microlithic cultures have been, has been noted. Langby shows an axe or adze of reindeer antler, which consists of a flint axe inserted into the hollow sleeve of a piece of antler. These axes show the beginnings of the adaptation to forest conditions. The Maglamos culture of period two had developed out of the late Magdalena and the Tardensocian microlithic and the Langby cultures. It was a fishing culture, supplemented by the hunting of small game animals and birds. The people had also learned the art of making dugout canoes, since wooden paddles for such craft have been excavated from the peat bogs. This is the earliest instance of the initial stages of water travel in northern Europe. The making of these canoes must have been closely associated with the development of the axe. A throwing stick has also been found. This would mean where they would take a stick and put it in a little notch on the end of it and search your spear so that you could get more throwing. We would call that an addle-addle in, in Mesoamerica. Really increases the power of the spear. And there's a wide variety of fishing implements that have been found. Nor were the aesthetic arts neglected. Perforated animal teeth and pieces of amber were used for personal decoration. Artifacts of many sorts were adorned with geometric motifs and net patterns. The Maglamos people established their habitations by the banks of rivers, by the shores of lakes, and on small islands. 
but many of their campsites show signs of seasonal migration, indicating that they were occupied during the summer and the autumn months only. The size of the communities must have been relatively small, as is usually the case in a hunting, fishing, and food-gathering economy. In the third period of the Mesolithic period in the north, the Latoria Sea phase of the Baltic, the water transgressed over the land between southern Sweden and Denmark, and there were once again a connection with the North Sea, so that the Baltic was no longer a freshwater lake, although not so salty as during the Oldea phase. Period 3 lasted from 5000 to 3000 BCE. The climate was Atlantic, that is, warm and moist. This is the beginning of the climate optimum of the Scandinavian North, much warmer than it is at present time. The mixed oak forest was dominant. The distribution of hazel determined by pollen analysis is a certain indication of a milder climate. There was continued transgressions of the North Seabed by the water. Southern Sweden ceased to be joined to Denmark. This was the period of the Kitchen Mindens, also designated as the Urtabol culture, after a place name in Denmark. Many of the settlement sites are now below the surface of the water, while elsewhere settlements which were formerly on the shore are now some distant island. Kitchen middens are heaps of kitchen refuse. This refuse heaps is, are composed of shells of oysters, snails, the remains of many kinds of fish, the bones of birds such as duck, goose, swan, gull, game animals such as deer and wild boar, also otter, marten, fox, bear, and beaver. Some signs of huts have also been discovered. It is possible that actual dwelling places were nearby in more sheltered locations. Hearths have been found in these shell mounds, which indicate the food was cooked on the spot, probably on low raft and the refuse being thrown over the side. Characteristic artifacts were arrowheads, flint axe blades for insertion in the horn sleeves, hafted stone axes, and something entirely new in the history of European culture, pottery. The pots were cylindrical in shape with a pointed bottom and totally lacking decoration except the impression of the thumbnails around the brim. They were handmade and then baked. Prior to this time, the containers had doubtlessly been of wood, leather, or perhaps even woven reeds. The women of the shell mound culture apparently carried on some form of them weaving. The bone combs which have been found are scarcely suitable for any other use except combing wool. It is important to note that these people no longer lived a nomadic or semi-nomadic life. They were fairly closely bound to certain localities by the presence there of their means of subsistence. The depths of the shell mounds and their extent often a hundred yards in length and from three to five feet deep in depth indicate continued use over a long period of time. Such a pile of refuse could not have been accumulated in one generation. The inhabitants of northern Europe during the Mesolithic were part of the ancestors of the Germanic people. The conditions described form part of the Germanic background. The language spoken had developed out of language form of the Upper Paleolithic and this in turn must have had its origin in southern Mediterranean region. This was not an Indo-European language. Unfortunately, the fossil evidence from the Mesolithic period is much less satisfactory than from the preceding Upper Paleolithic or the following Neolithic. The stratigraphic evidence in many cases is far from convincing. For present purposes, however, it makes little difference whether the fossil remains found in the north, belonging to period 1 or period 3, 
provided they are either Mesolithic or Early Neolithic. There is no indication of any significant migration into the north during this time, apart from those already described. That means the Mesolithic inhabitants were basically of the same physical nature as the Upper Paleolithic hunters, and these were a very great extent of the two dominant types, Cobb Capel and Cro-Magnon. While, however, the two main types of Upper Paleolithic times were dilicocranial, a new type had risen towards the end of the Upper Paleolithic or Early Mesolithic. This was the Alpine type subrace. This was the beginning of what has been called the Alpine Wedge. The first definitive indications come from a cave called Offnet in Bavaria. Two nests of skulls were found there, one of them containing 27 skulls, the other six. The heads had evidently been severed from the body before burial. There has been no satisfactory explanation of this practice. The find is important, however, for other reasons. Some of the skulls are dilocheal cranial, some mesocranial, and some brachiocranial. It is generally considered that we have here an indication of two distinct subraces and a mix of the two. Whether the new alpine type is a development of certain tendencies already existing in the Cro-Magnons or is an intrusion from the east is still a matter of great dispute. The other brachiocranial skulls have been found in Furfos in Belgium and Grenelle near Paris, but the stratigraphic evidence is not such to permit very accurate dating. What evidence there is points to the Mesolithic period. In various districts in France in the late Mesolithic or early Neolithic times, skulls and skeletons have been found which are representative of the Mediterranean subrace of primary Caucasian. They are short in stature, slender built, dilocranial, with narrow faces and noses, and the average cranial index is 71 to 72. Remembering the expansion of the late Caspian microlithic culture into Europe, this appearance of the Mediterranean type is to be expected. The microlithic cultural influence extended into northern Europe, but it was not apparently accompanied by any significant migration of people. Two skulls have been found in Mark Brandenburg, which it claimed were associated with the artifacts of the Lingby culture, both belonging to the Combe Capel type. A Swedish find at Stanjanus, described as Arnborg, shows characteristics of both Combe Capel and Cro-Magnon. A skull from Gross Tin, Silesia, with mainly Combe Capel and some Cro-Magnon characteristics, may be either Mesolithic or Neolithic. Two skulls from Grube, Oldenburg, are claimed to be Mesolithic. As far as the evidence goes, it is only possible to say that the Cro-Magnon and the Combe Capel types predominate. The Mesolithic inhabitants of Northern Europe were the main descendants of the Upper Paleolithic hunters. If there were no significant intrusion of any other type during the Mesolithic, and if the early Neolithic types in the north still show the same characteristics, the conclusion must be that the Mesolithic inhabitants of Northern Europe were definitely part of the physical makeup of the Germanic people. It also follows that they were Proto-Nordic. And we started doing this, there was an assertion that the Germanic is a language group of Indo-European stock. However, it was now attempt to isolate the Indo-Europeans and show how it happened that their language stock was introduced into the north of Europe. So again, a lot of technical stuff, but as you can see, people living in this, this time period, and of course, when you get to the, the lower ends of the Mesolithic, remember you have unification of Egypt in 3200 BCE. You have people at New Grange, building New Grange in 5200 BCE. So there's some really interesting material 
that is going on. It would be amazing to take a time machine and go back briefly and see what is happening, but that, of course, is not going to take place. So we're stuck with digging up our artifacts and trying to make sense out of them. The sources for this, the Germanic people, their origins, expansion, and cultural by and culture by Owen, uh, the uh, civilization of the Celts by Lonay, and the civilization of the Steppes by Conrad. So I hope you enjoyed that. And as always, don't forget to come by the website sumahistorica.com or historyaccordingtobob.com and ask a question, leave a comment, check out our merchandise, and if you like what we're doing, please feel free to support us. Thank you very much.